Hey, live streamers, bust out your tinfoil hats. Take that cap off your head. Put some Reynolds wrap on top of there because your pal Sully has heard a few conspiracy theories that are floating out there involving the New York Yankees. And oddly, they seem like they might make sense. Who can be blamed if Aaron Judge walks? Maybe it's you. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast we talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, I'm imploring you, check me out right there. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer having an allergy attack. I've been a comedian, an actor, a writer, a filmmaker. I've done a lot of things. I'm a teacher now here in California. And I've been part of, I've been podcasting for over 10 years. And I've been part of the Lockdown Podcast Network for the last four seasons. In fact, we are now on the eve of the World Series. It's the 20, this is being recorded very late on the 27th of October, the 18th anniversary of the Red Sox winning the World Series. It's also the anniversary of <laughs> Game 6 of the 1986 World Series, so the greatest baseball game experience I ever had in my life, and the worst. Both happened on separate October 27th. We'll get into October 28th a little bit later because it's an interesting day in baseball history. Um, but you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, I'm having a little bit of an allergy attack, so uh, I hope that uh, I don't sneeze. <laughs> Got to <coughs> excuse me. Here's the thing: the weather's always beautiful in California, but you know, temperature dips, wind kicks up, and next thing you know, I'm having a little bit of an allergy attack. But it happens, and I'm soldiering through it here because I want to talk about this, and I'm going to post another episode tomorrow, which is going to be kind of my uh, my World Series preview and prediction and everything like that. Um, the Yankees, of course, are not in it; they fell apart in the league championship series to the uh, Houston Astros. And here we are, but there's something that is kind of strange that's going on with the New York Yankees. First of all, look at, I've talked a lot about Brian Cashman. I've talked about, about, about Brian Cashman for the last bunch of years. I don't think Brian Cashman is a dumb man or even bad necessarily at his job. I just think that, He's been there for decades, and a change may be what the Yankees need, a change of, a change of perspective, uh, just a, a fresh start. And some people have been calling for the head of Aaron Boone, the manager, and look at, I don't I was not for the hiring of Aaron Boone when they did it because I felt that Girardi did a fine job, but apparently Girardi is uh, someone who is a bit abrasive and we saw that, you know, Miami could not fire him fast enough, even though he won the manager of the year. 
The Yankees got rid of him after he took an unlikely team to Game 7 of the American League Championship Series, and there was a giant sigh of relief when he got let go of Philadelphia. I I do think that Girardi would be an ideal candidate for a team like the Kansas City Royals. I think he'd be a great manager to build a team from the ground up. But I digress. Aaron Boone, I thought, was the wrong choice from the beginning, and I've seen nothing to convince me of his managerial style that that he's good. Seems like a nice enough guy, but I'm a nice guy, and I'm not on anyone's short list. He's been incompetent of how he's handled bullpens, and, you know, look at he's been he's someone who takes orders from the front office. And there's all sorts of people who try to make the concept of, you know, analytics, a boogeyman or something like that. Analytics is just analyzing data. Every team has done it since the days of Branch Rickey and probably before that. It's just now that it's a little more advanced, a little harder for jocks to understand. So they say, oh, the, 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 the nerds are taking over anyway. The Yankees and the front office have announced that the people who want a pound of flesh from Brian Cashman or Aaron Boone are not going to be happy. They're not getting it. No pound of flesh. They're coming back, which goes to show what a lot of people believe. And a friend of the podcast, uh, Lisa Swan from Subway Walkers, has been saying this for years. Hal Steinbrenner and the current ownership of the Yankees is content with seasons like we've had. The Yankees get very good attendance. They get sky-high television ratings. They go to the postseason. They make a pile of money. And you can say, hey, the postseason's a crapshoot. Look at the Dodgers won 111 games, and they get bounced in the first round. So, you know, you can't blame us. The key is just to get to the dance and hope for the best. Now, we are now uh, 2020, we're now three years into the second straight decade without a Yankee pennant. Since the Yankees won the 2009 World Series, half of the franchises in baseball have gone to the World Series at least once. I want you to listen to that stat again. Half of the teams in Major League Baseball have gone to the World Series since the last time the Yankees appeared in one. So that means the whole thing, it's a, it's a crapshoot. Well, half the teams in baseball are doing better than the Yankees. The Yankees are in the bottom half of recent pennant winners in Major League Baseball. And for a fan base that really wants to have victories, that's kind of tough to swallow. And there is anger, and they want to have a change at the top. And, you know, Cashman is Teflon for whatever reason. He's made some horrible decisions, and he never, ever, ever gets any blame. And some people would want the sacrifice of Boone. Quite frankly, whether you have Boone or Girardi or you have a seance and you resurrect Earl Weaver, I don't think it's going to make any difference as long as Cashman's there. So you got angry fans, and now you have Aaron Judge, who was offered a seven-year contract before the season began, and he said, now I'm going to dip my toe in the free agent waters. So I went out to hit 62 home runs and lead the league in virtually everything and carried the team to the postseason. Because remember, when the Yankees were having a, a really bad time of it, 
in the time after the All-Star break, it was Aaron Judge who was doing the carrying. And now he's going to be a free agent, and there's already some rumblings that maybe he would want to sign with San Francisco. He's a California kid, and maybe he, he kind of wants to get away from the craziness that is New York. Here's where the conspiracy theory kicks in, okay? Leaked stories have come about that some Yankees are upset at the booing, the relentless booing that the team got while they were getting their butts handed to them by the Houston Astros. Fair enough. Yankee fans boo. That shouldn't be a start. They've booed great players in their history. Hell, Alex Rodriguez is the single greatest third baseman in Yankee history, and he almost single-handedly took them to the 2009 World Series. And he got booed mercilessly. A lot of great Yankees have been booed. And, you know, it's part of New York. But the stories that have been leaking are kind of strange. Basically blaming fans for being so nasty. Blaming fans for being so negative. Blaming them for creating an aura of toxicity with the Yankees. And it's interesting when these stories are coming out, especially when some anonymous Yankee players are the ones who are being quoted. And we also know that Aaron Judge was not crazy about the contract that was offered to him at the beginning of the year when he turned it down to to explore free agency. So what is the conspiracy theory? Who do I think is behind these stories and why do they think they're happening? Well, tell you what, we're going to talk about that. But first, let's talk a little bit about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest way to check in on all your favorite games, including the World Series, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or, or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right. I have, oh, by the way, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter, the most stories, the big stories, the big names, and the big events in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've been featured on there a couple of times. It's a fun show. Anyway. Here's where I put the tinfoil hat on. Who do I think has been leaking these stories about Yankee players upset? I think the Yankees are. I think the Yankees are for this reason. The contract that they offered Aaron Judge, a seven-year deal worth more money than I'll ever see in my life, was a pretty smart contract offer. Now, mind you, I've been one to say that we shouldn't frame good contract, bad contracts solely from the point of view of the owners, okay? I think that a lot of times people carry the water for the owners by complaining about how much this player is being made and clapping their hands with this guy's putting up great numbers with a low salary. Okay, but here's what I'll say. A seven-year deal for Judge is kind of sort of smart. Judge is already 30. He's not as young as you think he is. 
He's already 30. He's already had a few seasons where his body broke down. And he's a big, you know, muscular slugger. And sometimes those players can get hurt. And to sign a player in their 30s to a massive 10, 12-year contract is not always the smartest move for a team. A player like Harper, a player like Correa, a player like Machado, those are people in their 20s when they hit free agency. And if they signed a big honking deal like that, you're getting their entire prime. But you're not going to get a, all of you know Judge's prime. You're going to get the years where he breaks down. Now, granted, if he comes in and he wins a World Series title with the Yankees, then you know they'll be thrilled with that. And if he breaks down a little towards the end, well, then he can take victory laps from breaking Roger Maris's record and da-da-da. It was a fair contract, though. Seven years. There you go. You know he's got at least two or three more elite years. And if you then have to pay for three or four bad years to pick up those few up the front, that makes sense. Aaron Judge turned it down, as is his right, and says, I'm going to try to have the best year I can and test the free agent market. Hit 62 home runs. Now he's a free agent. You can't blame him. No, I will never blame anyone for going out and seeing what you're worth on the open market. And someone may overpay him. This may be a situation where the best fit for him is the New York Yankees because if he starts to break down, he has so much goodwill in the bank that maybe those boos won't be plentiful. But someone may offer him a 10-year deal. Might be San Francisco, might be Los Angeles, might be a team we're not expecting, a team wants to get on the map. Maybe the Red Sox just to raise a middle finger. I, they should just be paying attention to Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers. It might be the Mets, again, to try to steal off some of the Yankee fans. So the story comes out about the booing. The story comes out that Aaron Judge isn't happy about it and that the fact that they were booing Aaron Judge isn't fair. I think the ownership is leaking these stories. I think the ownership is putting these stories into the press and emphasizing for this reason. They don't want to be in a bidding war. We've seen that for all the talk about the Yankees always signed the big players, the Yankees always signed the big players. They weren't in on Machado. They weren't in on Harper. They weren't in on Correa. They weren't in most of the, other than Garrett Cole, what has been the big-time free agent that they've signed over the last bunch of years? And there have been some very big names out there. Getting Harper's prime, getting Machado's prime, Unless I'm mistaken, the Yankees have had a hole in shortstop of which they've tried everybody but me. Heck, they started, what, two or three shortstops this postseason alone. You don't think Manny Machado would have been a help? It is prime? No, I don't like him as a person. Shut up. If he put up the numbers in New York that he put up in San Diego, you'd love him. So the Yankees aren't the gluttonous free agent signers that everybody thinks that they are. And they're probably not going to get into a bidding war involving Aaron Judge. They probably know he's going to go. I think the Yankees would be crazy to let him go. But I'm sure they're thinking, yeah, but we're not going to sign him to a 10, 11-year deal and be stuck with four or five bad years. But we also know the optics of this are not good. Yankee fans already want the pound of flesh from Cashman. They already want Aaron Boone's head. They already have images of Derek Jeter and Don Mattingly. They're the collective favorite players of everybody my age in that general range who grew up loving Jeter and the uh, uh, Mattingly 
in the 80s and early 90s, and then Jeter taking right over the spot of the beloved captain and taking, you know, having those two take over the team. Well, that's not going to happen because Cashman and Boone are staying because the status quo is fine for the Yankees. But now they look up and they say, we're probably going to lose Judge. So who do we blame? We blame the fans. We turn on the fans. We make the fans feel bad. You booed Aaron Judge. You forced him away. He would have stayed here. But no, you had to boo him because he had a bad week and a half in a season that he dominated the game. Do I think that's really what's going to happen? Of course not. He's going to sign who offers him the most. You know, in fact, Donovan Burrell, who's a, a listener of mine, writes, uh, Sully, I got the feeling that Aaron Judge will sign with the Astros. Just watch that uh, team is the dark horse. Maybe. I don't know. Stick him in the outfield? Uh, yeah, it's possible. I, I, I think San Francisco is probably a more likely landing spot for him. Watch him go to Anaheim, where he will be with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and they still can't contend. But I actually am beginning to feel that he's not going to come back to the Yankees. And maybe the Yankees are feeling that too. And if that's the case, they have to play a little damage control. And who are you going to blame? Well, you can't blame Cashman because apparently he has photos of Hal Steinbrenner or something like that. You can't blame Aaron Boone, who is now going to go into his sixth season as the Yankee manager. Since the Yankees won their first World Series in 1923, the only manager to manage the Yankees for five years without going to the World Series once is Aaron Boone. And yet he's coming back. Cashman is going to be doing what he does. And he'll probably allow Judge to walk somewhere. I do believe it's going to be San Francisco. So the fans are going to get their pound of flesh that they wanted, and they may lose their superstar. So now the team is playing passive-aggressive games and pointing it back at the Yankee fans and saying, it's because of you. Judge would have stayed here, but you had to be nasty. You had to be mean. Now he's gone. And think about it. Normally I hear would think of a conspiracy theory like that or hear someone talk about that and just roll my eyes. But this kind of makes sense. This kind of makes sense because of the bad optics that's going on with the Yankees right now that they're going to turn the tables on the people who are booing them. Said, oh, look at that. You booed away our homegrown MVP. He would have stayed here. In fact, you know, we offered him a seven-year deal, blah, 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 blah. This is the Yankees trying or attempting to blame the fans if Aaron Judge leaves. And if he does indeed leave, I don't know, maybe there is something to that. But I think it has more to do with who's going to sign him to the biggest, most lucrative contract. Now, if he signs with the Giants and winds up breaking down, or as I like to call it, the reverse Pablo Sandoval, who knows? Sluggers like this can break down relatively quickly. He could be a Hall of Famer. He could be a guy who had like a bunch of good seasons and then faded out. But I do think the Yankees are playing a little damage control by turning the fingers at the fans. I can't remember 
something as deliberate as this. But guess what? That may be exactly what just happened. Hey, uh, let's just talk a couple of the bits and pieces of news with the World Series uh, right around the corner. It looks like the Cardinals are going to retain one great legend. We know that Albert Pujols and Yadier, and Yadier Molina have played their last game. And that last game was somewhat anticlimactic as they lost the uh, wildcard series to Philadelphia. Man, if they held on to that lead in game one, this would be a very, very different postseason. But someone is sticking around. It's Adam Wainwright. And Adam Wainwright, who has had one or two injury plague seasons, including uh, 2011, the year they went to the World Series. But pretty much since his last big injury, uh, if you take a look at what he's done, he, he missed a bunch of, you know, he only pitched 40 and the third innings in 2018, started eight games. Came back in 2019, had a solid season, uh, was was effective in the COVID year. And the last couple of years, he's been a workhorse, throwing some complete games and doing everything the Cardinals could have asked for him. And he's going to be around for another year. And, and he's hoping to play in his 10th postseason with the St. Louis Cardinals. So we will see what happens. Uh, beloved St. Louis Cardinal, borderline Hall of Famer. I'll say it, borderline Hall of Famer, Adam Wainwright. We'll see what's going to happen with him. Um, and that he's coming back to the Cardinals, so at least they'll have one remaining face from their World Series. Obviously, he is a World Series champion with the Cardinals. He was not on the 2011 roster. He was hurt that whole season. So his memory is for 2006 when he was the guy in the mound. Uh, on this day in baseball history, yesterday was a big day, which was for Red Sox fans, the, the, the 86 years of waiting ended on uh, the 27th of October, uh, 2004. Of course, on that same date in 1986, they were one strike away and boom, all hell broke loose. Uh, on this day in... Uh, it on 1961, Bob Melvin was born in Palo Alto, California, and he is now in San Diego, hoping to get that elusive first World Series, first trip to the World Series as a manager. He's taken the Padres, the A's, and the Arizona Diamondbacks to the postseason. If he wins a ring somewhere, it's going to be uh, he'll have a Hall of Fame career. Uh, two big moments in A's history took place today. The first one was in 1954, and the A's were still in Philadelphia, struggling like crazy. The Phillies had overtaken them in popularity. In fact, they had been in the World Series just a few years prior. They couldn't draw anyone. Connie Mack was gone. The Suns were taking over the team, and ultimately, they tried to sell it to a syndicate of Philadelphia investors who wanted to keep the athletics in Philadelphia. It fell apart. And a fellow named Arnold Johnson bought the team and moved him to Kansas City. And with that, the stability of the athletics ended immediately. As I've said several times before, the A should be a team like the Detroit Tigers, like the St. Louis Cardinals. Philadelphia athletics should they, the Philadelphia and the A's should be synonymous. And instead, on this day, their ties with Philadelphia fell apart. And really one of the most shameful exhibits 
of collusion in the history of baseball took place when the A's moved to Kansas City and basically became a glorified farm team for the New York Yankees. And I talked about that in a previous episode, but they just bended to everything the Yankees needed. If they needed, if the Yankees needed a veteran, they sent them veterans and took back the Yankees broken pieces essentially in return. And then they went to Oakland and then they've been rumored to go anywhere, whether it was New Orleans, whether it was Louisville. Now there's rumblings that they be moving to Las Vegas. And the vagabond stage of the A's began on this day in 1954. Another event happened on this day in 1989. And this was the day where the A's completed their sweep of the San Francisco Giants in the earthquake series of 1989. The Giants never led for a single inning. One of the great what-ifs in Giants history, if the earthquake didn't hit, the Giants almost certainly would have won game three. They weren't facing Moore or Dave Stewart in game three. They were facing Bob Welch. But actually, Kurt Young was warming up in the bullpen because Bob Welch may not have been healthy enough to pitch that day. The Giants' bats would probably have torched her and torched uh, either Young or Welch. And then Storm Davis would have been the next one, a very beatable pitcher. So there would have been a chance for the Giants to tie that series. Instead, the earthquake hit, and they realigned the pitching staff to be Dave Stewart, who won the MVP of the 1989 World Series, and it remains the most recent championship and the only championship they've won in Oakland that wasn't part of the whole Charlie Finley mustache crew. And they've had a slew of tremendous teams over the years, whether it was the Billy Ball of the early 1980s, the Tony La Russa years, the Moneyball years, the Jason Giambi years, some of the more recent terrific teams they had led by Matt Olson. Um, they've only won one title other than the 70s squad, and that was the 1-1 one, one on this day. 9-6 to six was actually closer than the final score would indicate. But on this day, the last A's World Series came to a conclusion. And I was in the Bay Area, and it was a tremendous anticlimax the way that the season ended. So I thought, well, do you know what? The A's are going to have a lot more trips to the World Series. And they did. They had one more where they got swept by the Cincinnati Reds. And since then, there's been a lot of heartbreak in the postseason for the A's, who should be giving that heartbreak to the fans of Philadelphia. But they're not. But hey, don't despair, fans of Philadelphia. Your team's actually in the World Series. And we're going to be talking about that the rest of this weekend and having fun with it. So, hey, thanks so much for making Locked On and be your first listen. As once again, make your second listen be Locked On Sports today. The World Series is going to start in a few hours, and I'll be dropping another episode some point today with some of my predictions and thoughts. Talking about conspiracy theories, great Cardinals sticking around, and the A's beginning their strange journey. This has been Locked On MLB for the 28th day of October 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.